0: Before we get started, I wanted to share a review with you from last week. I loved reading this review and it truly made my day to hear what Kelsey had to say. Kelsey writes, I just randomly stumbled upon this podcast and it caught my eye because I saw an interview with Erin Lochner. Loved her book. I listened to that one and was immediately hooked. Christian Women Entrepreneurs sometimes feels like a really rare, unique niche, so I loved getting to hear from so many talented, inspiring people in this category. My favorite thing is how real each interview has been. Not sugarcoating things, touching on tough aspects of business, work-life balance, healthy marriage, etc. So thankful for these stories and perspectives, especially in a tough season of business that I'm currently in. Kelsey, thank you so much for writing that. I love hearing from each of you every single week. So please pop on over and leave a review. It's in the same app that you're listening, Also, be sure to tag me in your Instagram stories by screenshotting this episode and posting it there and tagging me. I'll reshare those posts in my stories every week. So I wanna know who's listening. Please pop on over there and let me know. It is so fun to build my tribe here on the podcast sphere and the Radiant Tribe always has room for more. So we are trying to spread the word. If you hear a great episode, be sure to share it and leave a review. Hey guys, today I have my friend Rachel Swanson joining us. Rachel is a dental hygienist turned best-selling author, speaker, and accredited Christian life coach. She helps women understand their unique purpose and pursue their God-given dreams without empty promises. Rachel is married to her husband, and who loves her despite her love for coffee and often impulsive nature. They rear their tribe of wannabe triplets in an aspiring country town outside of LA. Y'all, Rachel is the real deal, and after our conversation, I knew I wanted to work with her. She has such a contagious energy, and I knew she carried something that I wanted to grasp hold of. She truly has a gift for helping people develop their message, and we've been working closely to develop mine, so I know you are going to love all of her Golden notes during this conversation. If you are an aspiring writer or speaker, you will absolutely love this. So without further ado, let's dive in because I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. Well, hey, Rachel. Hey, Kelsey. Good to be here. It's so good to have you. I am so glad you have joined me today. I would love for you to just start by sharing your story and tell us what you do, who you are, a little bit about you for our listeners. Great.
1: Yeah. So my name is Rachel, obviously. Um, I am a mom to identical twin boys who are five and then my daughter is four and I would not recommend sandwiching them that close together in the future, but you know, it just happened, right? That's awesome. <laughs> um, and I've been married to my husband for 11 years, and um, we live in Southern California. So it is typically nice weather all the time, which I love. <laughs> right now, it's actually sprinkling, but um, which we need. So I love it. And, uh, you know, that is my, those are my cherished roles. And then, um, but God's kind of brought me on a path to, where I've been taking kind of some side journeys over the last couple of years. And it's just been really, really um, just a sweet time in my life and a really cool season of uh, growing in my understanding of um, him, as well as growing in being an online coach, as well as an author and a speaker. So I used to be a dental hygienist, and I still am licensed, actually. It's actually kind of funny. My uh, previous. Uh, dental office actually just texted me and was saying if I could help temp for them, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm not sure I can because I'm <laughs> on this other detour now in my life, and so. But it's been really nice to just have that um, as a backup, you know, in case things <laughs> didn't work out with this. But but yeah, so far it's been really cool. I have a best-selling book. It was my first one that came out, and it was really just out of my own struggle as a mom to three children under two years old at the time. It was just a lot, let's just say, and just really stressful. And there was a lot going on. And so I decided to try to figure out, okay, how can I figure out time to get into God's word and nurture them, their spirits, as well as mine, as well as not feel so stressed out all the time, like do something that's fun and not stressful. And at that time, and it's still kind of popular, but at that time, that's when, you know, the adult coloring books were all the rave and becoming really big and Um, and I kind of, honestly, I scoffed it. I was like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. So, but sure enough, um, I started to lean into it and that's when I realized coloring really does relax and really does distress. And it really did, uh, help me with some of the stress mechanisms, stress, stressful situations I was encountering. So, uh, through that, you know, I went online to see if I could find, book that maybe encompassed both like adults and children to color together and get into God's word together and I couldn't find anything and so I created it and then um, you know kind of launched me on this path of being an author and then speaking uh, to women and and also coaching now on the side so
0: That's very cool. So were you a coach before you wrote your book or did this journey kind of, okay, I would love for you to kind of shed light on how that unfolded. So you wrote the book and then the speaking engagements came and then you built a business, you know, when you realized women needed some more support.
1: Yeah. So let's, you know, actually probably even goes back a little bit further. So what was going on in my life? um, I kind of felt like I was a little bit stagnant in, in everything. And I felt like I was a little just feeling a little off in my life. And so and that's when God started to nurture this idea that, you know, he wanted to use me to write and to speak into women and to um, even possibly pursue coaching. And so at the time, I kind of laughed, but I was like, Okay, well, let's just look into this. And so just through like a lot of just things that a lot of people could say, Oh, it's just a coincidence. I just it was not a coincidence, but and how I, it led me into learning all about the publishing industry through um, going through one of my um, kind of mentors. And she's a coach herself, and she's a New York Times bestselling author. And she had a whole coaching program about the publishing industry and about. Um, ministry and about speaking and all that stuff. And so I thought, you know what, if I'm going to lean into this, I at least want to know everything and really understand it to the core. So I jumped into her year-long program and that's how I was learning all about how to create book proposals and how to, you know, create a speaking page and how to um, nurture the speaking skills and doing some of those things. And so um, during that program was when I had the idea for this book. And, um, it was really because I got to this point where I realized uh, my stress levels were just kind of through the roof and I needed to get a hold of it a little bit better. Um, at the same time, I just felt like I was being a horrible mom. (laughs) You know, I just felt like I'm just not doing what I need to be doing. Of course, we all feel like that when we become moms. Um, someday you may know that, but, um, (laughs) and (laughs) So, and I wanted to be able to nurture their spirits. And I just thought, you know, how can I do this and still not feel so stressed out and overwhelmed and just there's all these things. And so, but that's when God kind of stirred this idea in me of like, you know, there's something about this coloring book thing. And there's something that you can do here to really um, provide a need that isn't in the marketplace. And so uh, that was the beginning of this idea. And so I thought, you know what? Maybe this is the right time because I was already learning about the publishing world. I was already learning about how to make our book proposals. So I thought, let's just put this into practice. (laughs) So I cracked down and it was just amazing. Within like a couple weeks, it was just insane how I just, like, I'm just gonna tell you, I love my sleep. And I don't know, I just had this fire in me for the next two weeks. And I just got this huge proposal done in like less than two weeks and it was insane. And then I happened to find, I was like, okay, well, first of all, I need to have an agent. So I started pitching two literary agents and usually it takes months and months, if not years to hear back from one. Well, within five days, I heard back from an agent and they wanted my entire proposal. Okay, well, I actually at that time still had no illustrator. So I still was like, uh, let me get back to you because <laughs> I still needed that kind of crucial piece. Like she wanted to see samples of the illustrations and design and all that stuff. And I thought, what am I gonna do? So I went online and I just started searching and contacting people. And there was like these big name ones. And of course I never heard back from them until it literally was um one night, you know, I I literally just got down on my knees and I was like, God, I, I know you put this idea in my heart for a reason. Like help me find the person who's supposed to help me to do this book and sure enough I jumped on Instagram and I used the hashtag she paints truth I don't know if you know that one yeah but yeah and there's just a ton of awesome creatives on that one and so I just started scrolling through the feed it was like okay what stack sticks out to me and so sure enough I honed in on this one and there was something about it it was only just the, the hand lettering and um, I started looking through her stuff and, but then she was doing some of these doodling pages at one point, And I thought, okay, she has potential. She has the potential to do this because it was needing to be more than just, um, fancy words It needed to be illustration too with this book. And so I thought, okay, I need to find someone who has this knack. And then sure enough, she actually happened to be in Southern California. She lives like 45 minutes away from me. And I thought, well, that's, that's unique. So I reached out to her and the next day we got on the phone and she, I, I swear she probably thought I was a crazy person because I just started going a million miles in a minute, I'm like, okay, I, I know you have no idea who I am, but here's, here's my big old plan and vision, and I started telling her about, like, how there's an agent that was interested, and in how I have this whole proposal ready, but I have no illustrator, and I have no idea if this is something that she'd even be wanting to do, and after sharing all that, she sits there, and she's a little quiet, and then she's like, okay, you're not gonna believe this, she's like, but a few weeks ago, I, too, had this kind of Thought or, or feeling in my heart that I wanted to pursue, per, like drawing out a coloring book, and I started to do it. I started to look into the process of how to pitch it to publishers and all that stuff. And she's like, I got so overwhelmed that I put it down. And a few days ago, I was like, Okay, God, if you want this to come to to fruition, you've got to make this happen. And then she wow. like, Now she just called me like three days later and. And she's like, it's obviously meant to be. She's like, I totally want to do this. I will totally get back to you with these three samples. I'm like, yay. So yeah. And then it was just so crazy. So we connected. I mean, we still have no idea who we are, but we just had this really um, a quick bond. And honestly, to this day, she's one of my closest friends, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. We met online this whole project. And so, so we pursued this together and it still took several rejections from agents and even though each one kept saying something like there's something special about this like there's something you know um that you know we wish we could present this to publishers but we're not exactly sure how to do this because it was still kind of a different kind of book and or they were just like we're just maxed out on our clients already like we really wish we could take you on and so there was something in that that just kept us moving forward to this dream and idea we had until finally we got um we went direct to a publisher, and it was really just kind of a Hail Mary, and we got a contract, so. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And then that just propelled us to this huge journey of writing this book, and, um, and it became a bestseller, which was kind of crazy in the first couple months, and, and yeah, now it's just been, the coolest part is really just the people, the the family that have sent their pictures, and just their testimonials, it's just like, you have no idea how much this is helping me connect with my child, and wow, like you're totally speaking to me on this verse right now about how to overcome anxiety, and um, just the things in that were just—they're just—it was just truly a really special experience. And I'm still like—I just even last week I got another message from someone saying I just got your coloring book, and I just wanted to share this with you of just how much I've, I've enjoyed this, and it's um, just really helped stir my own heart. So.
0: That is. Brilliant. So, so cool. And I I find that, you know, a lot of people's messages and purpose that come out in their life, you know, come from overcoming that in the first place. Would you say, yeah. you know, that your message here of helping women to um, decrease stress, would it comes from your journey, really battling anxiety right. and stress? Right.
1: Yes, it does. And actually, that's why I then after that, I realized, you know, I want to go dig deeper with this. Like, I really feel like there's something in this about anxiety and And I did a whole series one month on anxiety and stress, and I just got so many awesome comments from people on my blog just saying, you know, this is so helpful. This is so encouraging. I wish I had more of this understanding and yada, yada. So I finally thought, you know, I want to do something more. And actually, this kind of leads into what I want to talk about more of. um, I created another book proposal um, on anxiety, and we've been pitching that for the last year. Um, I actually became a certified life coach in stress management because I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, I really felt like God was like, I want you to also become a coach and and dig deeper in this. So you actually know, (laughs) I mean, not that I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, just have a little bit more accreditation to know what I'm talking about. And so I did that. And then um, we've been pitching it and nothing's come from it. And so I thought, okay, you know, does this mean, it's a total failure. Is this a total bomb? Like, does this mean God doesn't want me to do this? Like, did I just do all this work for nothing? And I just keep thinking through this of like, no, I think it's just, it's either not time yet, or God's telling me it's okay. Just put that to the side and know that there's something's going to still come from this. And maybe you just need to pivot for now and know that there's another direction I still have for you in this. And yeah. That's really, yeah. And so and that's really been really crazy because I had this other book proposal, or this book idea that I had been working on. It was more of that, like, in the middle of the night, I'd be thinking through something. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just got to get these thoughts out. So I had started to kind of just work on this other thing. And so my agent, last year, um, when we had been pitching it, and so it's taken still several months, but last year, he, there was a publisher that didn't really... Want the anxiety proposal book, but he was like, You know, I like Rachel, I like what she has to offer. Does she have anything else that she's working on? And so, my agent asked me, He's like, Are you working on anything else? I'm like, Well, kind of. I was like, It's really not formulated yet, but he's like, Well, just if you have some sort of outline, just give it to me. Let me see, let me just take a look at it, see if I can pitch it. And for lack of having to share all the little bits and stories of this, it's been crazy, Kelsey, to just see. I mean, God's just been literally now moving this book forward. And it's never, it was one that like, I wasn't even feeling like I was ready yet, but God just keeps telling me, no, 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 keep going. Because of course they liked it and they wanted to see more. And so then I had to get the full proposal. They liked that, but they wanted to see sample chapters. And so of course I'm like, I'll just get this one. And so I just kept like building upon one another until finally, now I have this full book proposal on this totally other book. And yet I'm feeling like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, that this, this is what um, God was doing was to help prepare me through even the process of just um, refining how I do my book proposals and refining my messages and, um, and knowing that it's okay. It's okay to pivot and, and actually talking about some of the things, the elements of anxiety and stress that are still going to be in this proposal as well. But it's not all about that. You know? yeah. It's just tweaking it and recreating and kind of pivoting it. And honestly, it feels like that's exactly where my heart is in alignment with. And I'm so content with that. I think I'm pushing my other one right now, which I stopped. I I just don't feel like it's right. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's weird, but it's just that inner um you just have to listen sometimes to your heart and know that if something feels off, that's a sign. Like that's a
0: sign that you need to. Change something or do something different yeah I mean I have so many things I can piggyback off of that um, so I'm gonna say when I'm a few things I want to focus on from here but help me remember them as we work on one and then move to the next okay. So you know quite often authors talk about the rejection process while they're shopping publishers, all of that. I would love for you to talk about pressing on in the midst of rejection. And I know that's super common. You know, I think I was listening to Annie Downs who has like Ooh. six books, say she had 48 rejection letters and she started <laughs> collecting them like trophies. But she's, a, she's you know, pretty successful now. Yes. So it's not something that should totally shut us down because almost every author experiences it, A. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on like pressing forward in the midst of rejection letters I would yeah. love to hear your thoughts on pivoting when something's out of alignment because I've really been focusing on alignment this year and yeah. sometimes we can have a vision or a dream with a focus that it's just not the right timing and yeah. like knowing that gut feeling of what you know other, other things are starting to line up that feel better for me right now and I'm not trying to say rule your life off of feelings but maybe what feels life-giving versus yeah. life-sucking um yeah. And then I'm sure I'll have more questions after you. Okay. Focus on these.
1: <laughs> okay. So that first one about just talking about the process then of rejection and rejection letters and stuff. So, you know, um, there is a quote that I don't know it exactly, but I, I, you probably have heard it, but Thomas Edison, uh, he talked about, you know, he didn't fail, but he just learned 10,000 ways not to do something. <laughs> and it, it's it's kind of true in a sense with, um, with presenting your book idea because each time I've gotten a no or oftentimes they'll give you a little bit of something like uh, I like this part of it but you know it sounds like for example one, one, um, one editor came back and said you know I feel like this book is doing too much and so And he kind of expanded on that a little bit. And I thought, you know what? You're probably right. And so I went in and I honed in and I refined it. And I took that feedback to heart and thought, you know what? He's probably right because they've been in business for a long time. And so just taking that as like, okay, I just need to shift a couple things or redirect some things. Sometimes it's just a hard no. And you just got to think, okay, well, and you just got to sit back and pray and think, okay, God, is this still what you put on my heart to do or even just in your own sense in your own heart you know like okay is this still something I absolutely still believe in and I think if you don't believe in it they'll they'll sense that they'll know that or um, just knowing that for example when I was going back and pitching that big and little coloring devotional book We got a lot of no's too. I mean, I I probably got, you know, I haven't counted. I should have gone back and counted like Annie Downs, right? (laughs) But I mean, we probably got at least 30 no's until we got that yes. And and yeah, we could have totally given up or we could have totally gone in a different direction. Maybe we could have self-published it on our own. But I really felt like we weren't supposed to do that. And Mm -hmm. I can't fully describe, like, I can't tell you, Kelsey, like, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to do this. Like you kind of have to, you have to ask your own questions for those things. Yes, it's still valuable to gain insight and community from others, but sometimes you just got to hone in on where is your heart in this? Where is your deeper belief in this? And like, do you really believe in this? Like, do you really want to keep pressing on? Do you really believe that this is something that's connecting or going to connect with others? Mm -hmm. And if you've already had some of that feedback, which we did, we did have a ton of feedback already that was supporting our journey of knowing that, you know what, we're still supposed to keep pushing in this. There's still something special in this. We're still su- supposed to keep pushing on. So, you know, when it comes to rejection um, it's just part of the process, I think. And it's something that we as authors and writers just have to have a thicker skin when it comes to that part of the process. And that's, what's really hard is because as creatives or as someone is a writer, you have to have the thin skin to get your message out. Like you got to be more vulnerable. You got to be authentic. You got to pour yourself out there. But then you got to put the thick skin back on when it comes to presenting your work to agents and editors and publishers who are looking over it and scrutinizing your work and saying, I ah, know. And here you are, you've laid out your like your whole, I don't know, life story or something. You're like, yep, no, that's just not good enough. <laughs> you got to go back to the truth of like, okay, knowing who you are and your identity and not making their comments become um, what you decide your identity is. And so, cause if you're striving so hard for other people's approval, you're just going to suffer. Like mm-hmm. you will, like you're, it's just not a healthy way to go about it. So you can't go based on other people's approval. You just got to sit back and realize, okay, I've got a message to share. I believe in this message. I believe that there's going to be something that comes from this, a purpose in this, but leave out the expectations of mm-hmm. like what you're supposed to think it's, it's going to be. Um, I didn't have the expectation that this big and little coloring devotional was going to be a bestseller. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did. And it was amazing and that's great, but I didn't have that expectation going in. And I think that was really a healthy place to be. I just knew I was like, you know what, even if it connects with 10 people and I believed it was going to connect with like at least maybe a couple hundred, but I did not think like tens of thousands of people would buy it. But that's just the cool part about like letting go of those expectations because then I could really celebrate um, no matter what happens. Like I just celebrated the fact that I was like, you know, it's out in the world, it's connecting with people and I'm just so thankful. And because there's some things that you're going to think are going to be total winners and, and then they're not. And then that's going to crush you if you're taking all of your identity and thinking if something doesn't work out, that that just, it means that. I'm not good enough. Like, I did not have anything good to say through that. So totally. And I mean, I think that plays right into
0: pivoting. So I'd love for you to kind of talk about, you know, your season of knowing, okay, I was writing this book, but it looks like it's going to be this book. I'm glad I didn't scrap everything. You know, I would love for you to talk about that.
1: Right. So yeah, that other book, the one on anxiety, I think there still might be a time and a place for it. But Mm -hmm. right now isn't the right time. And I can sense that and feel that and know that right now. Now or maybe there's a different medium through which God wants to use. Maybe it's not in a book form. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's going to be in a different way that I present that, or maybe I threw. I might self-publish it someday, or maybe it's just I'm just providing. Which a lot of that stuff I just provide for free <laughs> mm-hmm. through um, like my subscribers. Um, I have videos for people to understand these concepts more. I share a lot on my my website about just anxiety and stress management and those sorts of things, just for free because I just think it's something that. We all struggle with, we all need more help on. And I don't know, in this sense, like I just kind of feel like God's like, just just trust me and just over give on this mm-hmm. area without expecting anything in return. Oh, that's good. And taking it right now is just overgiving and not expecting anything in return. But I'm really at a just such a content and, and good place with that right now. And I do truly believe that the more you give the more you're going to receive. Because if you have an expectation or you have an open hands principle, like you cannot get more if you have clenched hands. Like if you keep your hands closed, nobody's gonna, you don't have them open to be able to receive which what, what, you're, you know, yeah. what God has for you. But if you open them, yes, you're gonna end up giving. So it's this idea of giving, but you're also gonna be receiving at the same time. So you receive more, I think, if you give more. And so not being afraid to give, more of yourself, your your insights, your knowledge, things that are super helpful because in the long run, it's going to be impactful for not only you, but for others and those like, you know and trust you. And so in the future, as you continue to build and grow your businesses or build and grow your platforms or whatever, you're going to receive
0: abundance, I believe, in that way. You are speaking my language. So um I totally Totally. My word for the year is abundance. And I am really seeing a pattern of generosity yields generosity. Um, For me, I feel like God has given me access to people and things, you know, this year just by being you know, me giving something and then they're saying, hey, I'd love to give you this in return. And I wasn't ever expecting anything in return, you know, but generosity has totally opened the door for abundance in my life. Um, how do you see this playing out? I know you work with a lot of small business owners on mindset. How do you see this playing out um, in the, the people you work with lives? Because I mean, I really do believe a generosity and holding, you know, you can't hoard like you can't give away too much information, you know, yeah. that yeah. would be empowering and helpful to someone. And I think we're too scared of like giving away the grocery store, you know. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. we've got to hold it close and <laughs> just give away the easy tidbits like the tip of the iceberg, but that's just not the principles by which I want to live my life. And I, you know, think it's important for other small business owners to grab hold of that, that that message. I would love to kind of hear your thoughts there.
1: Yeah. So my thoughts on that are, you know, the idea of abundance, that's such a good word. And I love that this ties into just, it's also been kind of a theme of my life as well of just thinking and sitting back here I'm just thinking you know God has been just so abundantly in so many aspects of my business and my pursuits and things like that and but there's been times where I feel like he's I've lacked in that as well and I'm going to tell you about a recent um pivot and just this lacking that I felt but like how it's really gonna it's leading now into I feel like this deeper abundance which is is different than what I expected and so what it is, I mean, the last several months, I was working on developing some of my coaching programs and things that God had really put on my heart to do. And I do help serve um, kind of two types of women, but one is just on having the healthy biblical mindset and personal growth mindset, and working with women who are from stay-at-home moms to even career women who are just struggling under the weight of lack of, da- of lack of self confidence, um, their stress. Um, they're overworked, they're uh, just feeling unfulfilled in life. They're feeling comparison issues. They're just struggling on the weight of so much stuff. And so helping them overcome those things in a more biblical perspective. I also do help, on the flip side, women who have a passion for either becoming an aspiring author or an aspiring speaker or an aspiring coach. Um, just through some of the things that I've learned, And, but with that is also still, again, mental practices, because I think as I've continued to research and read so much, many books, I I read a ton of books and a lot of them are in personal growth and spiritual growth. And even the Bible, it talks about just how important it is to guard our minds because our actions come from what we believe and what we think. So if we are thinking things about ourselves that, you know, are negative, we're going to, you know, promote more of that. And. You know, you just don't want that. Um, if you're thinking more abundantly, like even abundantly about God and like knowing that God does want to give us abundant gifts. He loves to give us gifts. He loves yeah. to give gifts with us. Even though, though, they may look different though than what you expected or anticipated them to be. And that is the kicker. And that's the hard part of like really having to trust in that and say, okay, God, I know that you are an abundant God and you love to give me good gifts. But maybe the ones that I thought were the gifts that I wanted are not the best gifts suited for me. And looking back, a lot of times it takes looking back in order to see, Oh, I see what you were doing there. I need to just, um, be okay with the fact that knowing that that would have maybe gone in a different direction than what I was supposed to go. Like that wasn't going to be in sync with where my giftings are or where my passion is or where I believe my deeper purpose lies. And I think that was going to get me a little off track. And so looking at that over the past several months, I've had to really assess and kind of pivot and change directions to where I was trying to do too much, um, almost like overcomplicate things way too much and God just keeps telling me to simplify like I need to simplify the system simplify my life simplify how I reach and connect with others on this topic of understanding your purpose understanding your identity overcoming the barriers in the areas in your life that you're feeling overwhelmed by and then promoting them towards um pursuing their unique gifts and how they share those from motherhood to marriage to ministry to work endeavors to, you know, connecting with people
0: just outside in your neighborhoods. And so I would love for you to touch on what does it look like when you don't get what you want, but it makes room for what you had no idea you wanted? Well, what it looks like when you
1: don't get what you want, it's hard <laughs>
0: you don't it like that. Um, But
1: I mean, to be honest, it can really uh, get you in a really hard, dark, deep place if you don't have people supporting you and surrounding you and believing in you and telling you like, no, I still believe in you. You just may not have, you know, gotten exactly what you wanted, but I do believe God is still in this and you're still going to keep moving forward to share the things that ultimately are
0: fit just for you. And so does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I think for me, what I've seen is some of the things that I didn't get what I wanted gave me time and space for what was coming that I had no yes. idea was coming. Yes.
1: And there you go. Actually, that's super important because back when I was creating that big and little coloring devotional, I was at a time where a week before that I had been, I was getting in a place of just total overwhelm. I was doing too much. And I had to finally sit back and realize I can't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to. Like I had, I had signed up for way too many guest posts. I was doing just way too much. Anyways, whatever. I just had my priorities were just overwhelming to where, um, I sat back with my husband. I was crying one night and I was like, I don't know how to do all this. And he's like, you don't have to do this. You know, I'm all, oh, I have a choice. And I think knowing that you have a choice and you can choose and you do make choices every day. Yes and no of choosing what direction you want to go or how much time you have or what you're going to invest your energies into. And so he finally said, you can tell them no. You can tell them, like, pull back and tell them no. Because I kind of sensed that. I was like, I just feel like I can't do this right now. And I feel like I'm letting them down or I'm not giving them my best work. And I need to stop right now and cut it off. And it's better for me to say, no, I apologize. I can't do this or that or whatever. And then guess what? I did all that, cleared my schedule. I felt like I could breathe. And then a week later, that's when I got that bomb of an idea of the Big and Little coloring book. And I pursued that wholeheartedly. But you know what? I feel like that was just almost like a little gift of obedience. Like I was being obedient to knowing that I needed to pull back in certain areas, even though everybody told me like, you can't do that. You're building so much momentum in your career and you're writing and you're speaking like you can't pull back. You can't stop this. And I said, no, I need to. Like, it's just I have to and I need to. And I believe that being obedient to this is going to open up doors for something else. And sure enough, it did. And I just, I truly believe if I didn't stop and I didn't pull back, it would have not left room to pursue the better gift, better thing that I was meant to pursue. And that's even where I'm at right now is just even sitting back. And I think it's a healthy place and we all have to keep stopping, give ourselves time and space to be quiet, um, get still, And I think once a month is super good for your business and to sit down and get still and think, okay, am I still going in the right direction? Do I need to pivot? Am I still going in the right direction or do I need to um, pull back from some of the the obligations that I am doing? Or um, am I, you know, in a place where I feel like I'm thriving or I'm just trying to survive? Right. And so, cause you want to be in place where you're thriving because that is when you're your best self. If you're just struggling to keep up, if you're just struggling to, and stressed out all the time and just striving to try to make everything work, you're not going to be promoting the best work that you're supposed to be promoting. And it's just going to be a self sucking, like a sucking place of, of just sucking all your energies down in a way, in a way that's just not healthy. So
0: very cool. I mean, you know, I I love your word for the year. I love that you feel like you're supposed to simplify. How mm-hmm. have you seen simplifying yield abundance in your business?
1: Honestly, it's not even just in business, but I think it's in everything. Um, my ability to simplify my life in a lot of areas has helped just give me room to breathe and be more creative, number one. Um, it helps me to pursue just other creative things that bring me alive instead of focusing so much on the day-to-day tasks or focusing so much on trying to do things a certain way like like say the gurus they all tell you to do it all this way and this way and this way and that's fine I'm not saying that it's a wrong thing and they probably have (laughs) very good experience for them and maybe it worked for them, but what, what's going to work for me? And so taking those things and saying, okay, does this fit with who I am? And does this fit with where I'm going? And is this, does this feel right for me? So sometimes it just takes looking at that and thinking, okay, maybe I just need to simplify this part of the process more because this is more in alignment with where I feel like I need to go. Um, and also if we start ourselves just too thin with everything that we're doing, we're just not going to be in a place where we're promoting our best work or we're just not going to be in a place where we can actually uh, really do things really well. So currently in my, my kind of focus, like I feel like I was spreading myself too thin with also just my message of being a multi-passionate person. It's a little bit hard for me. And even my husband says, Oh my gosh, like (laughs) you have so many things that you want to do and so many things that are going to, and it's true. Like, and so I just have to, I literally have a journal And I have to just a big old fat journal that I just, and it's my brainstorm bullet journal. Like it's just a brainstorm journal. And I I write out when I'm having that mode of like, I want to do all these different things and I have to just write them out just to get them out. But then I sit and I wait until I think, okay, does this still go in the same direction or alignment of where I'm going with my message? So honing in on that. So right now it's actually, um, I'm focusing a lot more of my energies on this. Um, message of refine and restore. And it really goes back to the heart of what I created my blog. My blog was refine and restore. And it's talking about refining your heart and restoring your back, refining your heart and then restoring your soul back to the truth. And just remembering that that is the essence of the message I believe that God's given me, at least for this season. And I need to steward that well and trust that this one message, if I cultivate this fire in it, instead of just this, you know, just raging bonfire that blows up or or just like a little bit of kindling that blows up and then dies down really quick, I want to create a really steady flame. I want to create a steady fire for, for people to come and they'll sit by the fire and be like, wow, this is good stuff. I want to go deeper in some of those concepts and so instead of just spreading myself too wide and too thin on all of them and so i think when you hone in on that one thing you can go a lot deeper and then you can cultivate um just some real beautiful growth and something that's really special and unique just for you and the audience and the people that you're serving and that's something again that takes time to sit back get still readjust your mind and figure out okay where do all these places fit so with my coaching, I am focusing more on just that aspect of it. With my next book, that's basically the essence of my book that I'm pitching to publishers right now. It's a different one, but that's kind of the essence of, of where my heart is at in this moment. That's where my heart beats the hardest. And it's where I have, I feel like the most to say. And that's where even women are resonating with me um, in my speaking, that's exactly the message that, you know, I'm sharing. It's on identity and purpose and about refining the things that are holding you back and restoring yourself back to what's true so that you
0: can keep moving forward in a healthy manner. I love it. And I love that simplifying that message and having it kind of your message across the board. I mean, it's a message that speaks to me. And I think to so many women, whether, you know, no matter what sphere we're in, I mean, I think that's just a message that resonates. So I, um, Love what you're doing. I would love to, for you to share about some of your stress management tips. I know that yes. you have the five stress busting tips for lady bosses. Mm-hmm. I would just love for you to um, kind of chat about how to do that because I know it can be pretty overwhelming. <laughs> right. Well, there's
1: a few different ways to look at stress management first is first, there's um, the um, where it's more internal. So there's external and there's internal ways to work through your stress management when it comes to a lot more people look at the external of say okay well when you walk in your house and it is a complete disaster or there's too much clutter or whatever um that's something that needs to be tackled like that's an outward thing that you're like okay if i can tackle this um my house or this area of this room like say your office or your desk that's just a mess If I could tackle this and really organize it and simplify it, would this help give me less stress? Or is it a trigger of finances, right? Budgeting, right? Mm -hmm. That's a huge one. Most people are stressed when it comes to finances and especially in their business of how they're running things. You've got a certain amount coming in and a certain amount going out. You know, if you're running in the red, that's not a place you want to be. So how are you going to work on a budget and knowing when to say no to things, even if they look like really good things, if it's not in your budget you either got to save for it, you know, and then purchase it later. Or yeah, you just you just can't can't do can't. it. So, mm-hmm. so there's definitely those external things. And I think that a lot of people um, would really benefit from and so again, just literally just tackling it like so if that is literally an area that you're stressed about which is money well it's not going to do any good if you just sit on there and stress about it and not do anything about it so mm-hmm. it's, it's something you do have to take action and all it is is just confronting your kind of mini giants what feel like big giants you know these are really mini giants because these are these are things that people can overcome people have overcome uh, just external stressors now when it comes to internal stressors these are the things that are a bit more tricky and a bit harder they are things like When something, let's just say, maybe it can be caused from an external thing. Say you aren't invited to this birthday party with some friends, and you're like, "What the heck? I thought I was in this, you know, inner circle of group, right? Inner circle." And um, you felt like really rejected by that. And so, what do you do about that? You know, well, that's hitting more of an internal issue that you have to deal with, Mm -hmm. which is rejection. And so, looking at the areas that looking at the deeper root of the cause of your stress is really important. And so I do this and I actually share this for free with my subscribers and on my subscribers list, but I talk to them about the four fears, which are four areas of stress that we all have. And so I really believe that every single thing that you feel stressed about is based on one of these four fears and why it's a fear. Well, so, when it comes to stress and anxiety, what actually happens physically in your body, and I'm not gonna go into all like the crazy scientific stuff, but you know, basically, I mean, I think we've all heard of the fight or flight re- response. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know, when you're faced with a stressful situation, say, I don't know, a lion's gonna come out, and I mean, I know that's not practical, but a lion's gonna come out and attack you or whatever. Like, what are you gonna do? Well, you o- hopefully will either fly, like flight, meaning take flight and run away from the situation. Or you're going to try to fight back, which you probably would lose that But <laughs> when it comes to a lion, but you try to fight back. And so it's this inter- a, an automatic response that happens in your body when it comes to those stressors. Now, when it comes to um, the everyday though, you may not think that that's what's happening, but it is. So say you have a deadline, okay, coming up and you feel some stress about it because you're thinking, okay, if I don't meet this deadline, what's going to happen? um, you're going to feel like a failure, right? You are, maybe there's some going to be some consequences, right? Of you not meeting the deadline. Maybe it's a financial thing that you're not going to meet at me. Uh, they're going to take more money off away from you because you didn't fulfill it. Um, but it's probably not life or death, which is, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but just assessing that and thinking, okay, where is this internal trigger coming from? And so it's that fear of failure, right? And so, and what's happening in your body is you're stressed out, meaning you're either in this place of like, you're, you're fighting, meaning like, okay, you're working harder to try to like get this stuff done. So it's like, there's certain chemical things that are going on your body to make you work faster and harder. Or you're going to shut down, meaning you're going to fly, meaning you're just going to run away from that stressful situation, meaning, you know, you binge out to Netflix or you eat a gallon of ice cream or something like that, right? And so with these, though, um, you got to look at the fact that you are dealing, though, with a fear. And one of the four fears that you're dealing with is either the fear of loss, the fear of failure the fear of rejection or the fear of the unknown. And it's all based on one of those. So when it comes to the fear of loss, that's a hard one. Um, When it comes to actual physical loss, sometimes there's not anything you can do about that. Mm -hmm. When it comes to say a physical physical loss of a family member and um, you can't change that. You can't change the fact that that's a part of life and they're not, you know, they're not here, but what you have to be able to change is your internal situation of how you're going to deal with that. Then, um, does this mean that, um, you know, even though you may fear failure, or fear, I'm sorry, even though you may fear that loss, it doesn't mean that God's not going to be able to restore your heart of that brokenness. You mm-hmm. can feel that pain, you can feel that brokenness, and I think it's a healthy place to walk through the grief or, or whatever, the, walk through the grief process, but knowing that God can help you overcome this, that it's not all lost, it's not all lost. Um, if you face a loss in your business, you know, when it comes to looking at things like, oh my gosh, I I went the wrong way, or I, you know, things just kind of blow up or fall apart, does that mean that you're a total loser? I mean, no, but you feel like it, but it doesn't mean that that, that is a like who you are. And so just understanding the deeper mechanism of okay, I'm experiencing the stress right now because I'm fearing this loss, um, or even dealing with it right now. And so what does God's word say about it? And so I teach people on a more biblical way of like how to overcome those issues. So when it comes to fear of rejection, you know, knowing that, okay, even though we may have an experience rejection from others, God will never reject us. He okay. always says that we are chosen and we are precious. And so going back to the identity of who we really are and not making it become um, what they think that we are, it's about who God says we are. And really he believes in us. He cherishes us. I mean, we cannot, mess up so bad and so much that he's like, sorry, I can't use you anymore. I can't use your gifts or I, you know what? You're just too, too broken. Like I'm not yeah. going to help you. And I think that's what we think is that, you know, we're just too messed up or we made such a big mistakes and, and we can't overcome this. And that totally shuts us down and, or deals with, you know, has us have a panic attack, which is just not a healthy place to be. And it's really unhealthy when we continue to um, be in this constant state of stress. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is how to get to this place where if you're dealing with stress, you cannot stay in that chronic state of stress. Like look at, okay, well, let's just, well, for example, like your coffee pot, unfortunately these days, well, it's actually, that's a good thing. So your coffee pot, it typically has an automatic off, even your computer, you know, if their screen's been on too long, it has a screensaver, it shuts it down and does something else. Well, that's important because if it keeps staying on the entire time, all the time, it's going to burn out, it's going to run out of energy, you're just going to run out of steam. And that's what we do in our own lives is that we keep going, we keep going, we keep pushing, we keep and we don't make time to stop and recharge and de-stress. And what are the things that you love to do? You know, a lot of times we as entrepreneurs, and I'm, I'm thinking that you're probably the same way we, um, or type a type of personalities, we just go, 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 go. Constantly. Like, yeah. And our, I mean, and my husband jokes sometimes, like, I swear, sometimes it seems like that your de-stressing is working. I was like, I know. And so, and at a point I have to realize there's other things that would probably be healthier and better for me to de-stress. just spend my time. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that it would be fulfilling and nurturing to my spirit, and and be in a place where I can then push forward in a more healthy manner. So we have to remember that just taking a time away from what we're doing is not bad. It's not unhealthy. Like, and just trusting that, okay, even if you're like, I just don't have the time, you gotta make the time. Mm -hmm. You gotta make that time to yourself to give yourself that self care that you need go read a book for 30 minutes or go you know take a run or do something that you love that's healthy that um, helps you de-stress because if we keep going and going you're going to burn out and eventually or have like an anxiety attack attack or or something's gonna you know go kaput and that's just not a healthy place
0: to be I, yeah, I mean, you're speaking my language. This has been a year for me of really figuring out how do I do this and do it well? You know, I don't want to live at a pace where my cortisol levels are so unhealthy that I have a heart attack at 45. (laughs) You know, like I want to carry on my vision and my purpose that I feel like I've been put on earth for for, with longevity. And I think part of this de-stressing is not only for our, you know, current, quality of life, but also for the longevity of living a healthy, balanced life and being able to carry our message for the long run. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I love what you do. Where can everyone find you? How can they learn more? We have a lot of entrepreneurs who follow along with this podcast, and I think your stress management area of expertise is going to speak to so many of our listeners, and I just can't wait for them to get connected with you.
1: Thank you. Well, it's rachelcswanson.com. So don't forget the C. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I have a bunch of freebies on my site. So there's one um, for for lady bosses, like five, you know, stress busting tips for lady bosses. There's also um, I have a free four day video series where I go into what I was just kind of talking about a lot deeper, and it's about those four fears and how to overcome them in a you know more spiritual, biblical way and truth. Um, and then, you know, I do have a few others that I'm going to be popping up here pretty soon and on, even on the more practical level. So, uh, yeah, I just want to be able to, again, I just feel like just serving, um, giving abundantly of what I've learned is, is really important and so I'm just really here for those that are struggling in those areas as well as um, just needing help to refine those areas in their heart that are just they're, they're struggling with and then re- restore it back to um, their truth as well as just help them restore themselves back to who they're really meant to be.
0: Well, I have loved chatting with you and having you on. So we will be linking up all your links, you know, your book, your social media, um, hangout places, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and your website on the show notes for our listeners so they can get connected with you. And thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crewneck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th.